Good morning, friends. It's wonderful to be together this morning, and I'm really excited to share with you some thoughts on the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the true nature of God. We're going to look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit that's unpacked in Galatians 5 and why it's so important. I believe because the fruit of the Holy Spirit reflects the true nature of God, his intrinsic characteristics, what he's really like. We don't want to reduce the fruit of the Holy Spirit to a list of good behavior that we as Christians try to attain, right? No, the fruit of the Spirit shows what God is really like. And when the fruit of the Spirit is on display in our lives, people get to come and encounter the true nature of God. It's so beautiful. You know, we love to go to the bushveld and we were given the opportunity earlier in August to travel down and there's this beautiful mountain that you go over and down into a valley just before you get into Nelspreit. And as you reach the bottom of the valley, there is mile upon mile of the most abundant, beautiful citrus orchards. And every time we go, we just love that part of the trip. We stare into these beautiful rows and rows of trees. And my prayer is that our life would look like that, friends, an abundant orchard of the kindness and the goodness, the true nature of the Father on exhibit in our lives, and that others would come and eat of that fruit and be able to encounter the nature of the Father himself. Let's look at that kind of thinking in a family context, right? Our kids get to experience the beautiful journey of faith that Rob and I share with them. They have seen miracles. They get to be part of a vibrant and exciting worship community, and they love worshiping together. But the most important thing for us that they could ever experience is the true nature of the Father on exhibit in our life, right? His kindness, his goodness, his peace, and his joy and delight because then they know who he is, not just a head knowledge, not even just an experiential knowledge, but an encounter with the, the, the nature of God through the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's why this revelation, this understanding has become so important to me. I don't want them just to know all these different things about God. I want them to have feasted on the fruit of the Holy Spirit on display in my own life. You know, as a parent or as a business owner, as a church leader, you can do all the right things. But the question is, are the people in our lives tasting and eating of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Let's think about that in the context of wanting to share the gospel uh, to your family or your colleagues or wanting to see kingdom transformation in the world around you. It's important and very valuable to be able to share your knowledge of the scriptures um, and to be able to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit in miracles or signs and wonders and demonstrate your faith. It's beautiful and it's powerful. But an important question to ask is, are the people or the person that is found in the different aspects and spheres of influence in your life, are they encountering the fruit of the Holy Spirit through you? Are they encountering and meeting the nature of God through your life? 
perhaps you find you're a different person at home than you are at church or a different person in, in a business context. That is where the Holy Spirit wants to work and partner with you to see the nature of God on display and so that other people can encounter who he is. Do they, do they feel the affection and peace of the Father? Do they feel his joy and his delight for who they are and over their lives? You know, God's number one priority is that we would look just like him. That was the original purpose in Eden. We were created in the image of God. And of course, because of the fall, that image was corrupted and distorted. But Jesus, in the person of Jesus, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him and we were resurrected to new life to become our true selves, our son and daughter selves that look just like Jesus. The old is gone and you are a brand new creation. And it's so important to, to accept that you are fundamentally and foundationally perfect, even though we are learning and growing in our dependency on the Holy Spirit, growing in who we are in Christ, being transformed by the Holy Spirit in our thinking and in the emotions that we feel and in our behavior on a daily basis. What we've got to come back to is that we have been made perfect in Christ and that truth is true on the very disastrous days as much as it is true on the days where you feel, yeah, this is a great day. This is who I really am. The importance of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is clearly outlined to us in 1 Corinthians. And I want to briefly touch on that because Paul unpacks in chapter 12, spiritual gifts. In chapter 14, um, the proper use of spiritual gifts, right? And sandwiched between those two chapters, we have chapter 13, which is the chapter on love. It's so important, guys, because Paul encourages the church to crave spiritual things, to embrace the manifestations of the work of the Holy Spirit, which is prophecy and tongues, miracles, signs and wonders, words of knowledge, faith, all of those things are incredibly important. They are for the strengthening and maturing of the church, as well as a sign accompanying the gospel for unbelievers. So important. And we want to fan into flame and learn how to manage the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But chapter 13, without love, you can have all of those things. And it means nothing. That's what Paul says. It means nothing. It's empty. And for me, that just emphasizes the absolute crucial nature of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can have all those things, all those great manifestations of faith and, um, and Holy Spirit. But if you don't have the fruit of love, it means nothing. 1 John 4 tells us God is love. It is his essential nature. It is the true characteristic of who he is. And of course, it is the first of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit reveals who the Father is, who Jesus is. In fact, Brian Simmons points out in his footnotes to Galatians 5 that the text implies the word fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is singular. And that fruit is the agape love of Christ from which all the other fruits or the other virtues stem from that original one. Either way you look at it, the fruit of the Spirit describe the nature of our God. So let's read that together from Galatians 5. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. God 
is divine love in all its varied expressions. He is joy that overflows. He is peace that subdues. He is patience that endures. He is kindness in action. He is goodness. He is faith that prevails. He is gentleness of heart and he is strength of spirit. Oh, guys, isn't that just so powerful and so beautiful? Within the unpacking of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is an encounter for you of the true nature of God. This is not a list to attain. This is a feast of who he wants you to know he is in every circumstance in your life. First, for you to feast on his true nature. And then as you learn to lean into him, into the spirit of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you will be that nature of God, that fruit to the world around you. This is an invitation, friends, to encounter God. I wanna give you a quick example. When I started homeschooling the girls, um, I had felt the Holy Spirit draw us into that adventure. It was a step of risk and obedience. But those of you who know me know I have um, control tendencies, perfection tendencies, and I was so scared that what I was teaching them, what I was doing in homeschooling was not enough. And day after day, I would have this anxiety. I was not fun. I was intense. I was anxious. I was fearful. I'd come into the room and I'd be teaching them. We would mostly end in tears. You know, there'd be one maths problem I couldn't do. And I'd threaten them, that's it. You're going back to school. This is not working. And I caught myself in that moment. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, where is my fruit? Where is love? Where is joy? Where is peace in this moment? And I stood back and I said, Holy Spirit, I'm going to ruin this whole thing because I'm doing everything right and I'm achieving everything I've set out to do, but I'm missing you in the process. And I started to lean into his presence in the schoolroom to hand over my fear and to stand on the promise he'd given me, to hand over my intensity, my exhaustion, my anxiety, and to allow his peace to captivate my heart and allow his joy to fill the room. Maddie even started laughing classes together to change the atmosphere, just changed everything in our walk. And that's how real it is, guys. Whatever situation you're in, whether it's at home, in a tricky relationship, in a business context where you find you are running into that space and everything there is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is an invitation for an encounter with the nature of God. He wants you to know who he is in that space and he wants you to start displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at where the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes from in our own lives. It comes from our union with Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 19 tells us who Jesus is. Okay, let's start there. He is the head of his body, that's me and you, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. All of the fullness of the Father and the Spirit dwells in Christ. Now, let's hop to Colossians 2. Who are you? Colossians 2 verse 10. For he is the complete fullness of the deity living in human form. That's Jesus. He is the complete fullness of God. That's what we've just read. 
and our own completeness is now found in him. We are in him and he is in us. One of the mantras of our life should be from Galatians. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and our completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows with us. That is the most beautiful and profound truth. We are completely filled with God. By the Holy Spirit in us, we have Father and we have Jesus. You don't just get the one, you get the fullness of God through the person of the Holy Spirit in you. You are part of their fellowship. You are part of their family. And in life union with Jesus because of his blood on the cross, the fruit of you, the Holy Spirit appears in your life as you freely and fully yield to him working in you, freely and fully. You bear fruit because you are grafted into the vine, into Jesus. He is the source of your life. He is the source of every part of your life. If you live from your union with him, uh, fruitfulness was, will stream from within you. I want to remind you quickly of, of something Rob shared last week. When we approach our life like a list, God, family, maybe ministry, business, or whatever your priority list will be. You tend to approach it as like a pie chart, right? I've done God, spent time with God this morning, tick, right? Now it's business time, right? I, I'm going into that segment of my life, kind of leaving God in the earlier devotional moment. I want to encourage you. Everything in life is spiritual. If we can fully absorb and mull on and meditate on that truth and work with the Holy Spirit in partnership, guys, we are going to see the kingdom of God manifest in every area of our life. At work, Jesus is the source of your life, of the blessing, of the growth. The Holy Spirit wants the fruit of the Spirit to be exhibited in that sphere, in your family, in your ministry, all the same. Not to have um, segments where you're this person here and you're that person there, but everything, almost like a garden or an ecosystem, everything nurtured, sustained, and grown by the Holy Spirit inside of you. Very, very important revelation for us as a community. I think it's something that God is doing in us, and it will be something of our message to the world. Okay, another encouragement. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not seasonal. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not seasonal. In fact, facing the most challenging times where you haven't seen the miracle, where there hasn't been the breakthrough, when you feel hard-pressed on, on every side, that is the time, that is the moment to say, is there fruit in my life? Because the outward signs of life, like those success measurements perhaps, may not be there, but every season should be fruitful. That's so important. Mostly because he wants you to thrive on who he is in your circumstances, right? Joy and love and peace is for you to eat on and thrive in, in the most difficult winter barren seasons on the outside. The fruit of the spirit is not seasonal. And then of course, as you feast on, on the presence of Jesus and the father with you, you begin to allow others to do the same in the world around you. That scripture from Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to taste and see that he's good so that others can come into the orchard of your life and taste and see his goodness and his kindness and his faithfulness. 
Guys, let's ask the question of if you look at your life and you say, no, actually in this area, in this area, there's no fruit of the Holy Spirit. Actually, there's just anxiety and fear and worry and intensity and anger, whatever it may be, insecurity. What do I do? First of all, there is no condemnation. This is not about you and your performance. So right now, if you think it's about you, just lay that heaviness aside. It's not about you or your performance. It is about learning to walk in friendship with the Holy Spirit, fully and freely yielded to him. So you can take off any kind of performance criteria right now. But what I, what I do encourage you to do is to stop. Okay, we get so addicted to the treadmill of our lives, to the busyness. There's never time to stop and let a conversation with the Holy Spirit happen because we're too busy or this is next or I couldn't get to it today. It's so important to just take stock for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit into that context. Okay, um, sometimes when you have a moment, perhaps at business, and you know you're just angry, and it's just coming out, and it's coming out. You know, there's not a gap in that space to say, okay, I'm just going to take a moment and go to the bathroom and have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. But what I encourage you to do is to red flag that moment, and to go home that evening or the next morning and say, Holy Spirit, what was happening there? Can we have a conversation about what I'm actually feeling, where all of this stuff is coming from, because I want to yield to your life in my heart and, and, and your presence with me. And then secondly, can we come back to trust in the simple work of, of Jesus on the cross? He changed you completely. You no longer have a sinful nature. The DNA in your inner man is the DNA of Christ. Yes, you may have sin habits. You may have poor patterns of emotions or behaviors or thoughts as you are being transformed day by day with the Holy Spirit. But we need to come back every moment to that foundational truth that we have been made perfect in Christ, that you are a brand new uh, creation, that is your starting point, okay? You cannot better yourself. You have been made perfect in Christ. And now we need to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit as he makes real the fullness of salvation that Jesus went through his blood on the cross. He makes that real in our day-to-day -day life, breaking the curse of sin and breaking the habits and the patterns that we've been brought up in and allowing us to live whole and healed. I want to encourage you that because of what Jesus has done, you participate in the divine nature of God. 1 Peter, sorry, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Wow, boom, everything we need for life and godliness. And because of what he's done, we get to participate in the divine nature. That's what exhibiting the fruit of the Holy Spirit really is, participating in the divine nature of God. And friends, you are not alone. 
you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit of Jesus living in you and with you. He is your friend. He is your comforter. He is your teacher. He is your guide. He is the one that makes real every aspect of the fullness of your salvation. I want to end off by reading out the fruit of the Holy Spirit from the message, Eugene Peterson's The Message. It's just beautifully put. Uh, Rob and I, on our holiday in August, we were, we were driving in the car together and I said, babe, this, <clears throat> excuse me, is what I want to live. This is the desire of my heart. Friends, what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, passion, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things. Oh, that's powerful. A sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We, found, we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism, let me quickly define legalism. Legalism is the reliance on yourself or the reliance on any of the world systems, okay, other than the Holy Spirit. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed or for good, crucified. Since this is the kind of life we've chosen, collective church, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. So beautiful, so beautiful. Please, friends, go and meditate on Galatians 5. Um, maybe in the message, in the passion, look at it in the NIV. The Lord is stirring this beautiful truth in our hearts as a collective church community. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love how you bring the nature of the Father and make it so real to us. We love how we get to feast on who you are in every circumstance of our lives. Feast on your joy. We get to have fun even in the hardest of times because of who you are. We get to know your peace and your love. I thank you that in all of our hearts right now, Holy Spirit, that you tend the soil and you just prepare our, our hearts to receive the fullness of this truth. And we give ourselves bravely and intentionally not to just keep this as some lofty idea, but to partner with you, Holy Spirit, in every day and every moment to see the reality of who you are and who you've made us to be worked out in our lives. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. So much love to you guys and see you soon.